0: This is a production by One and All Media. For more, head to
1: oneandall.media. Isn't that what happened to the Apostle Paul? God said, no, this is a wave you're going to have to ride for the rest of your life until you learn something. He learned the secret of being content in every circumstance. Paul's joy and contentment and hope and self-satisfaction was not dependent on anything external, on a resolve to trust and put everything in your life in one basket, the God basket. Today. Today. Today today,
0: with Jeff Fines, pastor, apologist, and Bible teacher. Hey there, welcome back to Today with Jeff Vines. Today, Pastor Jeff finishes a message of encouragement and urges us to trust that God can carry us through the trials he allows us to experience. This is part of the Simple Truths series, and the whole series is available wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for Today with Jeff Vines. Let's join Pastor Jeff now as he finishes the message from John chapter seven, verse 37, which reads, on the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink.
1: Now take a deep breath because I need to. I want to be teacher. And then I'll go back to preacher. Teacher for a moment. Jesus says in John chapter 7, he's trying to tell you and me something that his first century audience would have clearly understood. There is a river of living water flowing around you every moment of the day. It's available to you. To understand why that should motivate you, you have to understand how it is the Bible uses the imagery of a flowing river because the imagery of a flowing river symbolizes the promised life. Remember, teaching time now, so you got to get your teaching. got to get your analytical mind going. Israel in the first century, or for much of Israel's history, was a desert, dry. And after the rains did come, there would be these huge potholes. That's all the water you would get. And the Israelites would often assume how much better would life be if there was a river running through it. Which is why the city of God in Revelation is described as having a river that runs through it. Why? Because dryness is death, water is life. Jesus is making this comment. He's saying, around you every day, the secret to the promised life from up there coming down here is that you recognize there is a flow of the presence of God and His power that brings this life to you every day, and it's not by working harder. Psalm 46 says, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. Why would the city of God be glad? Because there's water and water is life. Psalm 42, a song we used to sing. As the deer pants for water, so my soul pants for you, O God. Now we're not talking about the little deer called Bambi, who's a little thirsty for some little water. We're talking about a deer in desert country who's panting because he's going to die if he doesn't get water. Something people saw every day. Do you know what the psalmist is saying? He's saying if this water, if this availability of God's spirit around you every day, this river ever becomes blocked and you can't have access to it, your life is going to be described as unsatisfied desire, spiritual dryness, moral failure, and ultimately death. But the good news is this, for the believer, the water is never blocked, ever. It is always flowing. So what if the spirit of God is like a river flowing all the time? And your job is not to try harder, to get up earlier, or to run faster. What if, now listen, what if the gospel, now we're having to think, you say, Jeff, get to it. I am, I am. But we got to put everything in the funnel and let it come out in the end. You got to be patient. What if the gospel, the good news is that this magnificent God is present and at work every moment, in every life, in every instant of time, in every square inch of the cosmos. What if He's fully present in your life every moment of the day. Now, stay with me. We talk about God as being omnipresent. Do you know what that means? That means if I need God here, he's not busy in Chicago and I got to wait. It means that at every, listen, at every single moment, every millisecond, every passing moment, God is completely and fully involved in your life. He doesn't divide himself up in everybody's life and only has time for one at a time. No, he is fully, because that's what it is to be omnipresent. He's fully involved in your life every minute, every millisecond, every moment of the day. You say, Jeff, what on earth is he doing? I'm glad you ask. I have a friend, stay with me. I got a friend in Hawaii. How many of you have ever been to Hawaii? Okay, got a friend? I have a friend over there who wanted to teach me to surf. Now, I just can't do it. Now, I'm sorry. I know I was a California boy now, which I'm not really, but I'm trying. I just can't surf. Uh, You know, hand-eye, I'm okay. Give me a basketball, baseball, football, golf, whatever. Hand-eye, I'm good. But ask me to use my feet to do something, forget it. And I I can't balance on, I can't, I I have a hard time walking just on flat ground. But he's trying to teach me to surf. And he gives me these three lessons. You know, number one, he says, he tries to explain to me that if you're going to learn to surf, usually beginners need a bigger board. So he gave me a, a barge. That's, why, that's what it looked like to me. Second, he said, uh, You know, you need to learn to recognize a rideable wave. Now, you surfers, you can correct me if, I, if I'm wrong, but you, you, it's good to recognize a rideable wave. And uh, so he taught me a little bit about that. And then he, he gave me a long speech about how not to die, which I found very interesting. And I listened very closely. How not to die. Now, what is the one thing he never covered? How to make a wave. Whose job is it to make a wave? All right, starts with G, ends in D, middle letter O. Come on. <laughs> Whose job is to make a wave? What's my job? Whose job is it to make a wave? What do I do? Write it. And you know what the beautiful thing about this analogy is? That if I miss one wave, another is sure to follow. And the kingdom of God is about so much grace that no matter how many waves you miss, your entire life, he keeps sending them. He never stops Sitting them because in the life of the Christian, the flow is always there. You just got to dive in. You say, Jeff, you're getting close, but you're still confusing me. Okay. What are you trying to say? God is the great wave machine. <laughs> That's what He is. He's just the great wave machine. And when I'm on the 57 and I responded to that guy the way that I did, I got out of the flow. I could tell that I cut myself. Off to any sensitivity of the moving of the Spirit of God, I was out of the flow. Good news is, all I got to do is say, God, I'm sorry, here comes another wave. Now, follow me. I think this is gold to me, man, gold. You've grown up in church and you've heard James 1, 2 through 4 all your life, but have you ever really understood what it's saying? He says, consider it pure joy, my brethren, when you face trials of various kinds, is the Greek word. It means when you fall into trials of various kind. And then he says, blah, 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 blah. It doesn't say that. And I'm not, I'm just saying you get to the end of that. Then it says you will be lacking nothing. Do you know what this means? You got to change the way you're looking at your disappointments. You're, Inconveniences in your life, you've got to stop thinking the world's out to get me. This is the devil, surely. What if God is the constant wave making machine and He keeps sending you waves because He knows if you're going to ever experience the promised life, you've got to learn to ride the wave. Don't worry, the work is with Him. He'll keep sending, but sooner or later, you've got to start riding. Give me an example. I'm glad you asked. Tension with a co worker. Tension with a co worker. This is of the devil. Well, God could remove it if he wanted, but he doesn't. Why? Because it's a wave. He hopes that you'll try to ride it and someday you'll wake up and say, you know what? The way I'm responding to this coworker is not helping me. I'm losing sleep. I'm getting more and more angry. I stand, I stare at the wall. I think about how I can get him back. And maybe at some point you realize you've lost your peace, you've lost your joy, you've lost your contentment. And just maybe if God sends this wave often enough, you'll start to ride it and think, wait a second, maybe, just maybe I should pray for those who persecute me. <gasps> and if I do that, You know what will happen? I will get to the point where I'm riding that wave that no matter what anybody says or does to me, ain't going to take away my joy. Ain't going to take away my commitment. Ain't going to take away my contentment. Nothing can impact me from the outside because my feelings and emotions and my contentment and joy, they're on the inside of a resolve that I made a long time ago. I am going to pray for those who persecute me and the promised life becomes real in your life. Okay. All right, conflict, conflict now with family members. Sister-in-law says something. Brother-in-law says something. Aunt, uncle, heaven forbid, a mother-in-law says something. And you've just had enough. You don't even want to go over there. And God keeps sending the wave, and you keep praying, and it's not removed. Why would God not remove that from your life? Because he's sending you a wave. And when you learn to ride it, when you learn to turn the other cheek and live a life of instantaneous forgiveness, because that's what God does for you, you keep blowing, instantly he forgives you because of the cross. So he says, when you learn to ride that wave, then nothing anybody says to you or does to you, you're just going to smile inside and say, you know what, God forgives me, I've done worse. You're forgiven instantly, forgiven, forgiven. And then whatever happens on the outside will not be able to change the fact that you have the promised life, a reality in your life, you're content, you have peace, you have joy, and nobody can take it from you. Now, let me tell you about a hard wave you ride. The financial wave. Oh, that's a big wave. That's almost like a tsunami. (laughs) But God sees you. God God sees you. See, you say, Jeff, you talked last week about the fact that God would give me this new life. Everything I wanted. Well, what I want is money. No, you don't. You want the feeling money gives you. It's not the money you're after. It's the security and the peace and the contentment of having a lot of money in the bank. And God says, oh, you. Well, what does he say in the scripture? You fool, tonight your life will be required of you. And you're busy about building bigger and bigger barns. Because no matter how much money you make, one day it all goes back in the box. Ever heard that? (laughs) So Jeff, you think you're gonna get contentment by your money, but your soul knows very well it'll never give it because it'll never be enough. And the market can come crashing down. So you know what God does? He sends a little financial wave of hardship into your life to see if you'll ride it or not. You see, it's not about working harder. It's just about recognizing the things that are happening as God sending the wave machine, the wave maker. Keep sending it, keep sending it. And you ride it. And finally, you get to the point where you say, you know what, whether I've got a lot or whether I got a little, God is my hope. That's not going to destroy me. God is my salvation. And my joy is central. My sorrow only peripheral. It's true that some bad things still happen, but the bigger questions in my life have been answered. That's supposed to be the difference between the believer and the unbeliever. To the unbeliever, sorrow is central, joy is peripheral. Moments of passing joy, but for the most part, the big questions have never been answered. Yours have. Isn't that what happened to the apostle Paul? Did he not say, there was a thorn in the flesh, it was sent to me, a messenger from Satan? But God could have taken that away, and he prayed that God did, but God said, no, this is a wave you're gonna have to ride for the rest of your life until you learn something. And what was it? Philippians 4, he learned the secret of being content in every circumstance. Paul's joy and contentment and hope and self-satisfaction and gut happiness was not dependent on anything external, but internal on a resolve to trust and hope and put everything in your life in one basket, the God basket, and allow God to shape and mold you. Do you see where I'm going with this? Man, you want that life. It is yours. You just got to ride the wave. Not work harder unless the spirit of God tells you, you know, unless the spirit of God inspires you to read the word more. That's a wave you can ride. You know what the biggest wave of all just quickly? The biggest wave of all is disappointment with God. When you ask God for something, he says no, and you think he should have delivered. Now you're on a big wave now. I mean, you're on massive waves. And God allows that to happen in your life. And you got to stop looking at it as if he's out to get you or nobody loves you and the world's all against you. you got to start changing your perspective. That's the thing about James. He says, consider it pure joy. He doesn't say that this trouble is sent by God. Parapipto, the Greek word, means to fall into. There's no cause mentioned here. It just means that the world is filled with trouble. And if you're going to make it and the promised life is going to become your life, you got to, it's an accounting term, consider, you got to weigh it up and you got to say, this is obviously a way from God. God doesn't say it's a way, but he says, you got to look at your life like that because then and only then will you be made perfect, lacking nothing. And will God be able to take even the bad and work it together for your good. Your good, what is it? The promised life becoming your life. You know, my greatest wave was my mom's death. The kingdom became a reality of my life when my mom died because I had to ask some questions. What's my life about? Is there heaven? Where is my mother now? Do you know what Psalm 116 says? It says, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. Now, why would God be happy at the death of a saint? Because now you're home. But that whole experience, man, it changed me. It made me realize that my life is not about here. As much as I love CCV and as much as I love you, my ultimate life is about where I'll be with God someday. This whole thing is just a wave. I mean, my whole life, I'm going to be riding waves. If I miss one, God will send another. If I fall off, he'll send it again. I read the story about a missionary back in the late 60s who was coming home after years, because back then you couldn't come home every other year because of airplane. You know, you got to take a boat, takes a long time. And he talked about in his book how he was uh, getting off the, the ship and as he was deboarding there, uh, in front of him was a prime minister. And as the prime minister walked down, the, and all the dignitaries, everybody just celebrated and, you know, throwing confetti and shouting and singing, yeah, you know. And the missionary rites were when he got off, when he deboarded, nobody shouted accolades, nobody celebrated. And he said, you know, I had a hard time with that. And I told God, I said, God, you know what? I do, I do this work for you. I invest in your kingdom. I expand it. And you know what happens? I get no praise. I get nothing. And he said almost in an instant, God responded this way to him. Wait a minute. You're not home yet. You're not home yet. Do you know what's going to close this gap? Tension. When you're struggling and it knocks you around a little bit and you have to start asking the question, hey, wait a second now. Is it not true that people are fickle at best? Now, we can be honest. Aren't, they, aren't people fickle? If you try to get your significance or approval from a person, how long is that going to last? You can be flavor of the month for, well, a month. (laughs) And then somebody else is too. You know what I mean? If you base your whole significance and acceptance on people, they're fickle. You can be best friends with somebody and have parties and go to coffees, whatever, but you know, the time will come, they'll move on. And you're hurt and you're wounded. And you'll never enjoy the promised life because you're, you're trying to get what you're looking for the wrong place. People will let you down. I promise you they will. I will let you down. I promise you. Nobody's perfect. Your faith and trust have to be in God. And that's when your significance and your hope and your love and your contentment and everything is in him. And that's when people say, wow, there are living waters flowing out of you, man. You are a wave rider. You've crashed so many times now, you know how to ride. Now, just let me close with this just quickly. How many of you have been, I ask Hawaii, how many of you have been to Oahu to a place called Sandy Beach? Anybody ever been to Sandy Beach? Sandy Beach? Sandy. Beautiful beach, isn't it? Alice, no, you don't like it. Well, okay, that's fine. Fine. I loved it. I loved it. There's always a heckler in the crowd. Everybody's a critic. But anyway, I love Sandy Beach. I love it because it's, uh, the, it's just beautiful blue water. And the problem with it though, is that it's very dangerous if you don't know what you're doing. And I go to stand on the shores of Sandy Beach and I, like to, I used to, like to, when I lived in New Zealand, I'd like to go and just visit. And I'd just stand and soak up the sun, put the sun suntan lotion on. I just love the sun and this warm, because in New Zealand, it's stinking cold 10 months out of the year. So just to go over there and face the sun was beautiful. And I'd watch these body boarders and these surfers. They were handling those waves. And one, the second time I, I journeyed there, I took a trip there, there was a local who came up to me, Hawaiian. And they, of course, they call us from the mainland Howleys. And he said, what's up, man? I said, oh, man, I love coming to this beach. He goes, yeah, I do too. I said, why? He says, well, The locals call it Preacher's Alley. Preacher? Really? Wow, I'm thinking there's some spiritual meaning to this place. (laughs) Must be holy, sacred ground. I said, why? He said, because you can always tell these preachers that come over from Southern California, and they got this tank top tan going, and they go out and they think they're going to ride the waves because they're so beautiful. And we we all make a little bet of how long will it take for them to get seriously injured and for the ambulance to come. And he said, in tourist season this time of year, collarbones are broken, arms are broken because they, they don't realize that it breaks so suddenly and so aggressively on the shore that it just slams you down on the, on the beach unless you know what you're doing. So I let him keep talking, keep talking. I said, man, don't you go and warn them. He said, no, man, man, it's too entertaining to watch these guys just get slammed. And the ambulance comes and said, man, I want to tell you something. I'm a preacher. He says, oh, sorry, dude. <laughs> too late. God will never put you on a wave that you can't ride. That's what 1 Corinthians 13, 10, 13 says. He will never get you on a wave that you can't ride. But he's got to send them because the promised life, to become your life, you've got to become a wave rider. I'm asking you, I'm begging you that tomorrow morning when you wake up, that you see everything that happens in your day when somebody cuts you off on the fifty-seven when the co-worker says something nasty to you, when somebody backbites you, everything that happens that day is a chance to ride the wave and to learn how to truly ride it so that nothing on the outside will impact who you are on the inside and the promised life will become a reality in your life right now. Not by working harder, just by, hey, that's a wave. Now, without being cheesy, maybe I should ask, what would Jesus do? Well, he would just forgive. Instantaneous forgiveness. You see how that works? And then you get in such a habit, you're, look, look, I can go on all day and I I wish I could. Here's the deal. I can't just say this to you this weekend. I got to demonstrate it. You know, when I started writing this message, I goes, man, how can I say, because some of you have been out so long, you just need to jump back in. You've been out of the water so long, man, there's no, hey, this gap is so huge, you think it can't be solved, but the waves are continuing to come around you. You just keep misreading them. You think the devil's to get you and God's abandoning you. When in reality, it's another wave, another wave. man. I want for you what Jesus wants for you, those streams of living water. But I got to tell you, man, many of you gave up a long time ago on this. It's the pursuit of holiness is what it is, but you have thought that you had to do it somehow and you're just weary and tired. And I got to tell you, I need prayer too. I, I don't want that feeling to keep coming to me. I want to I wake up tomorrow for me to be the leader that God wants me to be and your senior pastor. I got to change some things in my life. I got to start looking at everything, no matter how painful it is, as a wave and an opportunity to ride it. But I don't think I'm alone. I think there's so many of you who have been out of it so long that church has just become a habit to you. Now you just come because it's a social thing. The kingdom of God becoming a reality in your life is so far-fetched, so far gone. But all I'm telling you is that God hasn't given up on you. The river's flowing all the time. Waves are coming. You're going to face them tomorrow same ones that you've been in for a long, long time. If you choose to step in, jump in, and ride them, your life's going to change. Every moment of every day, the infinite loving God is involved every moment of every day, every millisecond in your life. So I'm, I'm, we're going to sing this last song and end our time together. I, I just need some time. I, and I just wonder if there's anybody with me. I just need to kneel down. It's kind of like my—it's like an altar. It's not really an altar, but it's, symbolically it is just going to kneel down. I'm just going to pray that God changed my perspective. I want to be the man God wants me to be, and I know I'm not. I want to start looking at those waves differently and not thinking God's abandoned me, but it's an opportunity. And if you're here this morning, man, and you've been out of the flow for a long, long time, come up and join me. Just kneel down. Just kneel down beside me or over here, wherever. Find a place. Because let me tell you, He's never going to let go of you no matter how many times you've blown it. Waves are going to keep coming, even the painful ones, until you get it right. Because he wants you to have this promised life. He's never going to give up. He's never going to let go. I just need to be reminded. I need to pray. If you want to join me, fine. If you don't, fine. But do something wherever you are. Because all of you need to jump back in and you know it. So let's stand and let's go, guys.
0: You've been listening to Today with Jeff Fines. Next time, we'll bring you a new message from Pastor Jeff. You can listen to more messages like this. Just search for Today with Jeff Fines" wherever you listen to podcasts.